You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hey, what's up? David Scales here bringing you a little midweek episode, uh, kind of an abbreviated episode. The London Surf Film Festival is um, now the Lockdown Surf Film Festival. Rather than canceling their event this year due to COVID-19, they are actually um, hosting it online. And so that kind of makes it better for everyone. It's not um, a communal experience only for those in London as it is usually. It is a communal experience for all of us around the world to participate in. So they're doing different screenings uh, for about a two-week period and having different people from Surf Media interview the filmmakers. They asked me to interview Nathan Myers, who is now the editor-in-chief of the Surfer's Journal. But Nathan Myers has been working in surf film um, largely alongside Taylor Steele for years. So I interviewed him about his film from 2012 called Here and Now, which featured about 25 pro surfers and 25 different filmmakers. But the interesting thing about it was that it was all shot on one day. So they employed filmmakers and surfers around the world to shoot a film all on the same exact day. And then Nathan was responsible for direction and editing and putting it all together. Great film. You can find it on LockdownSurfFilmFestival.com for 24 hours starting on April 10th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. That's 7 p.m. BST, 2 p.m. Eastern, but uh, April 10th for about 24 hours, basically. So go check that out immediately while you can, and uh, I hope that you enjoy it. And then I'm publishing right now that conversation, that Q&A that I had with Nathan Myers. So enjoy this conversation. I hope that you're thriving and doing well during this COVID crisis. Hopefully you're still employed and you are well and your family as well. I'm going to be bringing you as much content as I can through this downtime. So some of them will be short episodes like this. So look forward to that for the next couple of weeks. Um, I'll be on The Grit tomorrow with Chaz Smith. So there's always that to look forward to and then back with everything else as scheduled for next week. All right. Thanks. Enjoy this. See you soon. Boom. We're live. Well, I better get back on camera. I was researching okay. offline. <laughs> um, all right, Nathan Myers, editor of the Surfers Journal. Welcome to the Lockdown Film Fest. Thank you, David Lee Scales, Surf Splendor welcome. Podcast, among among others. Um, you are welcome, dude. Um, so let's do some COVID talk before we get into film talk. You're just saying ah. you got two kid, you got two kids in the house. <laughs> How's that going? I do. Um, you know, with the, with the Surface Journal, we were we were already kind of working remotely and developing these sort of like internal platforms to project manage and stuff, and all that was going really well. So when all this happened, we were like, "Bam, we're already doing this; it's on." Um, but tossing in homeschooling and just kids not even, and then it's been raining, and the kids can't even go outside, and then they close the beaches and the parks, and they unscrewed the basketball hoops and no roped way. off the playgrounds and it's been kind of nutty having them at home all the time um but who are you annoyed uh, by most oh 
they just they're just a little team. They're they're nine and ten year old boys, and they're just they're just a team. You know, yeah. I think. I mean, my my take on this whole thing is that we're all learning the lessons we need to learn from it. You know, the world is learning that like we're a global organism and we're all connected, and it doesn't matter what borders we set up. Um, the times have changed so much, and a virus really shows us that like we're all connected in other ways. And then I think everybody with the situations they're being handed in their home lives, it's just showing them what they have to face, you know? So like people who live alone, their loneliness is getting exacerbated, you know, and people who, who, who have been, I don't know, w- with their families, they're having to really f- face their family, <laughs> you totally. know, being locked up, locked up with them makes you f- focus on some issues and stuff. And, you know, get really in touch with their education and all kinds of stuff. I don't know. I don't know what I'm learning yet. I'm still learning it. Well, you know what I was thinking about that's funny? You're talking about um, this being a moment of solidarity for the world. What a perfect segue for the film here and now. (laughs) You guys were the trendsetters. You were the moment of solidarity for the world on May 2nd, 2012, I think it was. It was almost eight years ago to the day, in fact about a month away from eight years ago to the day that you guys pulled that off. So uh, I thought that was poignant for our time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, surfing and surfers are kind of like that. We've always been sort of citizens of the world and traveling so much and in touch with so many different cultures and stuff. So, um, I mean, I guess the, the the way here now came about is that um, Taylor Steele and I were doing the intersection project where, filmmakers from all around the world could make their own little three minute sections and submit them to a website. And then the users could vote on that. I mean, you know, it was like American idol for surf sections and then the best sections went on to a DVD. So through the course of that project, we got to know so many talented filmmakers in their regions. And we had this whole list of just people we wanted to work with and, and, uh, we were like, gosh, we could we could just con- contact all these people. We're already in touch. We're already like basically doing this, and tell them, hey, you just got to work for one day. Just plan. Just here's the day. It's months in advance, and just film yourself waking up. Go try to surf somewhere, and send us. Then just put the footage on a hard drive. Don't don't even worry about it, and just send it off. And everybody just got a flat day rate for the day, and they just went and filmed it and didn't have to touch it and just sent it off somewhere. And then we were like, cool, now we're just going to go make a movie. And your role in it was director and editor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I forget what actual titles went on to the film. Uh, director, Taylor director for sure. And I think, yeah, editor yeah. As well. yeah. T- yeah. Taylor is the producer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how it went out. But I mean, with those sort of things, we all just kind of did, everything we we could you know um i filmed a a guy for that day too and then like taylor was was doing a project in byron bay that was with uh corona and they had this house on the beach and bands would go and stay at the house and it was kind of a creative retreat for them and um they would stay at the house for a week it was this killer little beach house with a sweet little empty beach break in front and they would record 
whatever they wanted to at the house, a music video or an album or a couple songs or one song or just a live jam, whatever they wanted to produce out of it. Cause it was like a creative retreat. So we had this house and Taylor was like, well, let's just use that house for the movie. You know, you can have it for, for 10 days or 12 days. So we just had everybody send their hard drive of footage to that house and we just flew in and there was just this like pile of hard drives there. And we're like, great, let's, let's jump in. And, and we also had a full music studio, all the instruments there. And this guy, Mikey, who's, uh, whose band now is called Mount Warning, super talented. Uh, Mikey can just play every instrument, record everything. And, you know, just, he's just a music viber, you know, he just goes like, Oh, let's do this. And let's get in there and I'll play on drums. And oh, I got a friend who can do this. And so the whole time we're editing, we're also making all the music for the film. Wow. And uh, like, th- like that, like, I don't know, 10 or 12 days of producing that film was, it was round the clock, no sleep, but just so fun. We just had so much fun. We had like a room full of instruments, you know, uh, Kelly Slater came by and made music with Angus Stone one night and we used that track for Kelly section and, uh, you know, Ozzy Wright came over and gave us his song and Dave Rostovich was up the street and he played music on his day of the film. So he was like, it was just all like, everything was made as part of that film. You know, it wasn't like we sourced anything outside. Such an interesting I, project. It really is. I was surprised how much um, maybe continuity or consistency there was among all the different sections, which is, of course, reflective of the fact that you edited all that raw footage rather than having them send in edited pieces like with intersection. But also um, just getting people to shoot, you would think there would be a million different styles of shooting and maybe there was but it all felt like it was coming from the same art direction anyways how much direction did you give people did you tell them to shoot their breakfast shoot their lunch shoot an angle yeah. from the beach shoot it okay what was we the did shot we, we, we gave them kind of a list but then like if they could do that or what really happened in their life was was totally the unknown i mean the biggest unknown was like will they get waves and right. how can we how can we sort of like script there being waves in all these places. And when we were like, well, what's the best day or season to do it or anything like that? It was just like, there's no, there's no right answer. Let's just, just right. throw a dart at, at a wall and go, you know, like May 2nd. Okay. That, that day is fine. I, I don't got anything on that day. And, um, some people scored and some people didn't. And, uh, kind of some of my favorite sections of the movie are the ones where they didn't score yeah. because we're so used, we're so used to watching people score that to watch some total struggle town edit of like one foot waves, like Matt Miola and, and uh, Albie Lair took a boat out to this little slab and it was just dead flat. And they yeah. grab their, they grab their uh, like soft top boards and start goofing off. And they're so talented that they just, <laughs> they're doing crazy stuff and and like they're laughing and having fun. And we found fun music for those sort of things. And we had like flat spell edits, you know? Well, it's funny. I always think um, the most successful surf videos are the ones that have resonated with me the most are the ones that capture the vibe of the day. And so whether that's just B-roll footage of somebody walking down the beach or it's showing a wave from beginning to end 
or wipeouts included in the edit, you feel like maybe you were on the beach that day watching that person have a session, you know? And I think the lost videos always did that really well. Um, and then the worst version of it if is, is if it's just cutting a clips back to back to back and gives you no context for the day. This success of this video was exactly what you just said. It was like, not only is it one day, it's one day around the world. And so being able to see how Matt and Albie spent their day versus, by the way, Kelly Slater, Dane Godowskis, and Alex Gray and it at cloud break on an epic day that's pumping, that is that it captured the session of the day, but all around the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean Kelly's is Kelly's is funny and it's so classic Kelly because he was his job for that day was to shoot with Taylor in Australia. And so Taylor got all his gear ready, all his stuff, and was like going to meet Kelly and Kelly like jumped on a plane <laughs> and and left and he's just like, All right, dude, see ya, you know? Wow. And then like got to Cloudbreak in in time and like flew across the the dateline too, you know, and like got, right. got to cloud break in time and uh, totally scored that session. And then we had to like chase down the filmer that was there. We're like, Oh, can we have everything that you shot and, and, and buy up that footage. And wow. Taylor was just left s- sitting on his hands that day. He didn't film anybody. He was just like, well, Kelly left, but that's so Kelly too. Right. To just like totally bail, bail on what he was supposed to be doing and end up just, just, like scoring the the session of the world that day. He was in the best place in the world on that day. So I mean it worked out it worked out perfectly for the film. Yeah, yeah. And then he, and then he came by the house while we were recording and and had this rad time like hanging out recording and like right. we made the kind of a behind the scenes movie that that shows those guys jamming out in the house and recording all their sessions and stuff and it was super fun, you know. And the house was sponsored um, by Corona. We just had this like bottomless well of corona in the house the whole time that helps which, um, which helped grease grease the wheels and keep the editors seated at their desks and such yeah the other um thought that i had about the film was that you don't see original film concepts come around that often in the surf world like things are so um played out you know it's just the same old surfing with b-roll footage so i love that it was a brand new concept that uh and i think taylor has done that a lot and i don't know how much you know you were responsible for the concept the initial concept but taylor's kind of reinvented himself throughout the years in a lot of different ways but i loved that it was original yeah yeah taylor's always really done that kind of pushed like oh what's what's next and what's next you know and uh you know i I think that comes from conversations you know like a lot of the stuff taylor and i have done together is like we you know on trips you spend so much time in a car traveling to check waves and you know you spend lots of time in cars on these trips that doesn't right and end up becoming part of the movies but it's really like what those trips are it's like driving around a lot and uh you know we talk about these ideas all the time so that's where intersection came up from and then and then here and now just kind of popped out of that I think I'd seen the uh, YouTube did a documentary where it was called one day or something like that. And they just let anybody from the whole world submit uh, their foot. It was just like footage from dawn to dusk um, or no, it was, it was 24 hours of just, just random stuff from around the world, just kind of highlighting how different and the same we all lead our lives around the world. And so 
I'd watch that. And that was like, you know, th- that was the idea I ripped for, for, uh, here and now I was like, Oh, well, let's do this with, with surfing, which is something we always did at magazines. We would look at cool magazines that we liked, like Vanity Fair or Esquire or something like that and go, Oh, they're doing that. Let's just apply it to surfing and put that filter on it. And it becomes cool again. You know, so that's fascinating. We idea. We stole it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll call it inspiration. Uh, so it's, I'm curious about the financial model like that 2012 was kind of at a moment where things were not being printed or they were probably still being printed on DVDs, but people were less apt to go spend 30 bucks on a DVD. Um, Did the movie make money? Was that the model? And what is the viability nowadays for making money on a surf film? Yeah. I mean, it's all kind of, it's all kind of changed. I mean, I think that was sort of the, the fail of intersection was that like, I mean, we dreamed up intersection to be our solution to the digital age coming on, you know, like we were making movies that were in a sell DVDs model and the internet was coming on and we were going like, Oh, what, what could we do different? That's going to fit with everybody watching things online and being on YouTube and watching short clips versus whole movies and stuff. So we dreamed up intersection and the, the, it was based on selling DVDs, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we'll give away a hundred thousand dollars every year, but we're going to sell a bunch of DVDs, but people stop buying DVDs. It's like, we didn't see a little chink in the chink in the armor. And, uh, I don't think, I, I, so here and now was a few years on from that, uh, from that business model. And the only way to kind of get it done was sponsors you know you get the whole thing paid for by sponsors and so we uh, you know another lesson from the intersection model was don't give away a hundred thousand dollars every year (laughs) you'll make more money if you don't (laughs) let's stop giving everyone a hundred thousand dollars totally um so I, we just raised a budget for that one and paid ourselves a, a fee and paid the editors their fee and paid all the filmmakers the fee. And that one was just kind of like a gig, you know, but at the end of it, there was this movie left over. It sold, you know, some, but it was selling DVDs wasn't a thing. And then they, they kind of hang around and some of them get picked up for places. I don't really know how, how much this one made or anything like that. I don't, I don't look at them in terms of that. When I look back, I just look at, the, the projects on the shelves and think about the adventures we had and the good times associated with them. Like, I know that sounds a little, a little cheesy and idealistic, but that's really how I, how I see them. You know, like I go, well, I look, back, I mean, I look back at here now and that was so fun. We had so much fun. I want to do it again. Yeah. I, I mean, the reason why the financial question is important is because you want to be able to do it again in the future. Like, yeah, those are exactly. great memories, but you'd like to have memories coming in in the future. What's the viability now? What is the model now? And do you have any ambition to make more films? And can you execute? Um, you know, my my filmmaking journey is a pretty weird one, is that I was never like the stand on the beach and film surfing guy. And... Uh, I I think I I've been more in the in like a directing mode where it's like okay let's find this footage of this let's get this from that let's let's you know like putting the pieces together 
is more is more my wheelhouse. And so, I mean, that's what intersection was and that's what seven signs was. And that's what here and now was, is sort of finding all these people. So I like to film and I like to edit, but kind of managing a whole project is, is more, is more kind of how I, how I work. Um, so I don't know, to, to answer your question, I mean, I, I would have probably had a different answer like three or four weeks ago as to, to where people are going to go with, with filmmaking stuff. And right now I just feel like everything is in flux, you know, yeah. the whole, the whole industry sponsoring people, all of it is so we're going to have to reinvent everything because of this, because of this time, you know, and not just because of the virus, because our response to the virus, you know, of shutting down the economy around it. I, I think, um, I don't know. I think, (laughs) no, I, I do though. If you look back over history, I think these are the moments where there's the ripest growth for radical change and potential in a brand new model. And, um, the financial thing that I was asking you about is almost, I don't know, it almost creates artistic boundaries around the art that can be created. So if there's no financial model, there's no financial reward, you can make an argument that artists need to create art no matter what, and they will be the ones who emerge out of this. And we might get better art, you know, like the folk movement, or something was just in res- the folk music movement was just in response to activism against the man or something. And there was no way to make money, but that didn't matter. They were just going to stand in the bread line and then make the music. So I feel like coming out of this artists have more access to the actual gear. They have cameras on their phones, free editing yeah. software, a free audience that they can access through social media or YouTube or whatever. And the money will people will then try to monetize it later brands will find a way to benefit off of it but i feel like we might generate more art like is it a better time to be a filmmaker now there were probably barriers of entry 10 years ago that there aren't now you know what do you think i i I would agree you know that that the art will continue regardless and we'll find a way to make it we'll find a way to make it work you know i'm not i'm not worried about like the the future of surf cinematography and right. film, filmmaking in in general is just it's gonna it's gonna soldier on and i think hitting the reset button now and again is is nature's way to yeah. to some extent totally um, um and yeah i think i think creative thinking right now in this time it's like go home and think <laughs> how can we stay in your house and don't come out until you have a better way <laughs> to do what we've been doing. You know, yeah. it's like nature just sent us all to our room. <laughs> totally. Um, <laughs> you are polluting and messing it up and it's, you're all wrong right now. So go, go figure out a better way. So final question as it relates to both of those topics, surfing and COVID What's your surfing policy right now during COVID? Are you sneaking out oh. and getting in the water or when was the last time you surfed? Oh man. It's been a, it's been a few weeks. Um, there's no sneaking out right now. 
uh, our beaches are roped off and they're giving fines to people. Um, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not pretty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm a little bit annoyed seeing all the bikers out on the street riding their bikes around like that's okay but surfing's not you know so like there was a there's been a petition going around to sign it to like allow us to surf again and so i instantly signed that and then i was like well you know like like is it okay for some people to surf and not okay for other people because if somebody has to go like fill up on gas and stop for burrito on the way home and do five other things then they're just out and about doing stuff and versus the guy who can like walk across the street and walk to the beach and surf. And is it okay for people who are just going to walk across the beach and surf and go sit at the peak and keep, keep distance from everybody versus people who are going to play around in the sand a little while and goof off and skimboard and have a cooler and a beach blanket and stuff, you know, like where do we draw those lines and make it, make it okay for some and not okay for others. And it's so all new territory. Do- if it wasn't roped off, if it was legal, if, if we everything was the same, we're on quarantine, but the beaches aren't roped off, would you surf? Yeah, yeah. If it yeah. was like, if it was accepted and it was okay, you know, like I'm not going to go outlaw, outlaw pirate on this situation. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm really trying to like obey the rules and set a good example. Um because that's what we're all doing. And that's what this is kind of about. Like, Hey, we're all in this together. You know, I'm not worried about getting the virus myself. You know, we, my wife and I actually theorized that we may have already had it and just didn't know it, you know, which I think a lot of people kind of theorize like, well, we had a really bad flu before this thing came to America. And she traveled to Asia before that. And, you know, when all it was going on in China, so we're like, did we already have it? And we're just okay. Like, I'd love to just have like a button that said, <laughs> I was dreaming of a button the yeah. other night that says, I've had it. <laughs> you when, know, because when, there's some level, where, some level where I just feel like I've, I've had it anyways with, with just not seeing people and touching people. And, you know, we saw, I saw a friend a badge of honor to say that you had it. I've had it, you know? Yeah. My, my, my initial reaction was like, can we just chicken pox party this thing? And, and, get it done. He was like, no, cause people are dying and right. you can't, you can't do that. And you can't say that like this person with, with asthma is, is not okay to do the chicken pox party or what, you know, it's like, right. it's a little bit, it's a little bit selfish to do that. So I went, I kind of pulled back my chicken pox party theory. But well, I think it's a badge I of honor. I- if, if you survive coronavirus or COVID-19, that is an absolute badge of honor, and I'm sticking with it. And I congratulate you on your uh, supreme genetic and uh, immune, I don't know, makeup. So congratulations. Nathan well, the, 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 the path out of this thing is like for us to develop the antibody, right? Like we're not going to have a – we're not going to have a, a – a, a, what do you call them? An immunization – for another two years at, at best, you know, being, right. you know, like they say, like late 2021, we might have a, might have a cure for you. So it's like the path, the path out is to get it. We just can't all get it at once and overrun the, overrun the healthcare system. So right. flatten the curve, shelter at Flat- home, shelter at home and watch the uh, lockdown surf film festival.com. Watch here. That's and right. Now. Yeah. 
Hey, thanks guys for hosting this thing and keeping, keeping some quality entertainment up there. And, uh, you know, reflecting back on some of these, some of these fun films we've made. And, uh, um, I, I want to shout out to all the all the different filmmakers and all the different surfers who participated in this thing because we were all sort of separate but together in the same in the same time like you know like everybody just shared a little bit of themselves it was very it was very like kind of like this time you know we were like separate but together like we all made this movie together and and uh, it was just so cool. It was so fun, like sharing everyone's in everyone's days, you know, going like camping with Pete DeVries and, you know, messing around in Maui with Matt and Albie and Ozzy and the goons going, going camping on their beach and Rasta's little, little farm and, you know, Costa Rica and, and Portugal and so many fun little adventures and everyone just had to commit one, one day. So yeah. I'll throw it out there. Let's, let's, let's uh, do it again. Reach out, reach out to me, people who want to film one day, and we'll pick a day and 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 uh, do uh, now and again. Now and again, <laughs> here and now, the sequel. Yeah, awesome, dude. I love it. It's a great idea. When awesome. we can go outside again, that is. Of course, of course. Give us something to look forward to. All right, Nathan Myers. This has been a little slice of heaven. Great. I haven't seen you. <laughs> Uh, since Florida, actually. I haven't seen anyone, man. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I love right. hanging out with people. <laughs> I know. Don't let this uh, end. Let's let's keep talking when this is when this is uh, over. I'll get a hold. Of watch this film first. Yeah, there you go. All right, everybody, enjoy the film, Nathan. Thank you for your time. Thank you. you got it. <laughs>